Well, thank you so much for joining us on Take 10, a program that we bring to you every week dealing with a topic that has some mental health relationship. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Carol Zerniel. And on the Take 10 hotline from Florida, Dr. Jamie Heisman, a nationally known psychotherapist and a specialist in caregiving. And Carol, you've got a great topic for today. Yeah, well, thank you. It's uh, good to see you all and hear you all. I know we're on the radio and a podcast and we have the luxury of seeing each other. So um, I was recently talking to uh, someone that's on a committee with uh, me who is younger and has uh, multiple disabilities, quadriplegic, uh, and is in a wheelchair. And we were discussing self-determination and the importance um, of caregivers to understand what that is. So Jamie, if I was to describe, if I was to ask you to describe self-determination, what would I be talking about? Mm, That's a great question because self-determination is used in so many different spheres, Carol, but in the clinical world, which I think is more the caregiving world, let's all agree that it's more, I think, say, let's say the practical recognition of the right and need of our caregivers, our patients, people as a whole to make their own choices and decisions, uh, irregardless of those feelings of the people around them. Does that make some sense? Yeah, to make their own decisions. So what I hear you saying or what I'm thinking of is when you're a parent, right, you're making decisions about what your child is going to eat, what school they're going to go to, what time they go to bed. Um, but if you are caring for someone who is an adult that has you know, capacity, can think for themselves, then you might want to give that person choices on when to go to bed and what to eat, et cetera. I, I agree. In fact, I so agree. I think we've had conversations on Take 10 before of this concept called learned helplessness, which I think is the sort of the byproduct of when we don't allow people to have self-determination. I mean, let's face it, self-determination and giving somebody the right to their life and right to the choices in their life. I have a a person here where I I live, literally, who's had Lou Gehrig disease. And uh, apparently he's making a lot of his own choices, but the United States doesn't allow him to make all the choices that apparently he wants to have. Taken to the caregiver world, if we start making the decisions for the non-children, if you will, the kids who now have grown up and have the right to self-determination, have a right to their own lives. And we create what's called learned helplessness. We smother them in our sort of decision-making capabilities and we, we rob them of where they really want to be and where they possibly need to be in terms of their self-esteem. And let's face it, in terms of where they want to go with their own lives. So I think recently when I have heard people talk about living with Alzheimer's, living with cancer, part of that is to acknowledge that there's an individual and they're alive, it's their life, and that they have an illness, a health condition. And so that self-determination gets to the point of, yes, there are things that are impacting your life, but you're still a person, you're still you. No doubt, Ron, I'm sure you've seen this often in terms of the, the, the people smothering other people. Um, I say that because you, you've done a lot of our shows in Florida and you've done our shows here and you hear these caregiver and carry stories. But there's no question in my mind that we have to allow people the concept of self-determination. That clinically, it goes far beyond anything in terms of the 
clinical world. It goes beyond our, our need to control, our need to project who and what we believe is right for somebody else. Um, and I think that's what really we do that when we're mostly out of control as caregivers or as people who think people have to dance to our songs. Or maybe for caregivers, uh, it's a lot easier to just make the decisions rather than engage in dialogue. It's much easier to say, well, bedtime, lights out, or shower time, or here's dinner. It's all you get. Enjoy. Yes, you're right. And here's why you're right. And unfortunately, you're right, because I think that people who don't evolve and don't connect with their own selves, don't become self-aware, cannot listen or bear witness to somebody else's pain, that they have to jump into the world of toxic positivity to tell them, pull themselves up by the bootstraps, or in your respect, Ron, what you're saying, into our own control. Because I don't want to listen or can't listen necessarily to your suffering or have some sort of a way that I can turn your suffering around so I don't have to listen, well, let's control the situation. Let's just bypass your feelings. Let's not start where you're at. Let's start where I'm at. I want you to turn off the lights. I want you to go to sleep. I want you to do this and that. Now hold that thought so I can let folks know who may have just joined us. You're listening to Take 10. I'm Ron Aaron, along with Carol Zerniel and Dr. Jamie Heisman. And we're talking about a topic uh, that goes really from cradle to grave, and that is self-control. When you raise a kid, and Dr. Jamie and I both have young children, in our case, I've had this discussion with now my nine-year-old about, well, you made me take ballet, or you made me take gymnastics or you made me do this, you, you didn't ask what I wanted to do, which is absolutely true. Yeah, it is true. Uh, and I got to tell you, I, I've fallen into the same trap, Ron. I'm sure Carol is a wonderful mom, and she, she too has fallen into that trap. And I think I'm of the mindset now where I am here simply to keep my daughter on the railroad tracks. And I'm going to allow her, for right. the most part, to, to show up and tell and take the turns. Now, if my child falls off the railroad tracks, we're here as a safety net, right, to protect them till at least they're 18 years old. But her right to self-determination will also be her right to develop her own self-esteem, that if I make the decisions for her, mother makes the decisions for her, and she moves into 18 years old and leaves for college, then she's going to look behind her and say, well, who's making the decisions for me now? Well, it's not me. So I think we have to prepare our children to do what we call value-based parenting as opposed to controlling them and telling them what to do, when to do, and how to do it. Now put it in the caregiver setting. I'm sorry, Carol, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, so, but what happens if we deny an adult the ability to make their own decision? What does that do for you emotionally or psychologically if someone's taken that away from you? Because that isn't that what people don't like about nursing homes? Somebody else is deciding what's for dinner or what time to go to bed. You're right about nursing homes. I think it's a, it's a trade-off. I'm hoping against hope they possibly can give a menu, allow people the illusion of choice. How's that? But I also believe that nursing homes, in some really powerful way, um, create what we call safe boundaries, right, for those neurological challenges, for those chronic diseases. We need more skilled care. But hopefully, you know, provide maybe schedules, but the ability for the people who live there to participate or not. Now, if they start going off the deep end, this is where the train tracks may come in and start isolating, isolating. Well, they may have to bring in some other intervention and realize that, well, maybe they're not going to show up for ping pong, right, or bingo, but maybe other people should come in. So I guess it's a long-winded way of saying that, that skilled nursing may be more of a, 
a safe place in, in those train tracks, if you will. Um, but hopefully within that place, they, they do have some choice. But it, one last question. But what does yeah, it sure. do if you take away that you, we talked about learned helplessness, what does that do to the individual psychologically if you don't let them make the choice mm-hmm. and they have the capability to do so? Well, that totally will create this, this concept where they'll just sit there in the corner and let life happen to them. They'll give up. They won't, they realize how powerless they are in the face of somebody actually controlling. And don't forget the caregiver or anybody will control because I think, again, they feel out of control in their own mind. I think, again, we rob somebody of a self-esteem. We rob them of the ability, even if they have a chronic or terminal illness, to show up in their life based upon their own self-esteem, based upon their own uh, connections. And look, we can take this conversation, hopefully for another show, even to the place of whose life is it anyway? Do we have the right to uh, suicide? Uh, or do we have not the right to that? But that's a whole nother show, right? Well, it's just that suicide uh, is legal in some states now. It is based upon, yeah, very, very, very heavy criteria, which may well be in place. Uh, there's places in Europe currently now that have the ability to allow people more, again, what Carol's talking about in this entire show, to have self-determination with much greater latitude. Um, but again, societies will determine how. But at the end of the day, intruding in somebody's life um, is never a good thing if the person can actually make decisions at all. And I believe they can make decisions based upon their life, no matter how ill they may be. Well, I'm going to take control right now and say thank you. We are out of time. Thank you to Carol Zermiel and Dr. Jamie Heisman. I'm Ron Aaron. Thank you so much for listening to Take 10.